What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman. Along with me is Steve Balsteri and Derek Havens. In this episode, we're going to talk about the reported news comes from Adam Schefter, and then everyone else has reported that Bill O'Brien is going to be the new offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. We're going to talk about it, talk about it if we think it's the right hire. We talked about that on the last show, and also what that means for the coaching staff beyond the offensive coordinator. Along with that, we have some other bonus topics I'll be giving the guys, but the big news, obviously, is Bill O'Brien. Steve, I'll go to you first. Thoughts on the hire? Well, as I wrote last night, it came out this morning. um, I was kind of hoping they were going to go in a different direction just because I wanted to see, you know, some fresh looks for the offense. But in reality, Bill O'Brien makes the most sense. I mean, yes, he's familiar with Bill. Bill likes his familiarity, that's for sure. But... You know, he knows the Patriots' offense. He's not bringing in an entire new system. So, you know, uh, Mac Jones doesn't have to learn a third system in three years. Um, He also spent time in Alabama where Mac was very comfortable with the offense he was running. So I think that's a bonus too. And, you know, uh, last year they, they brought in two guys with very little to know experience running an offense. Now you can't say that about Bill O'Brien. He's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. He's been a head coach in the NFL. He's also, you know, done the offensive coordinator in college. So he's, he's got a ton of experience. And I think this was the best move for the Patriots. Okay. So you and I talked about in the last show, and then I'll go to Derek. I mentioned, I believe I said this on the show, if I didn't correct me, that I wanted Nick Cowley because I I wanted them to promote from within and build on what they've already done with someone from that's already part of the system. Now, this is something that I keep hearing as a negative, Steve, that Bill only hires people that he knows, friends of Bill, whatever. 
I've always liked the way that Bill has brought up his coaches from the bottom up and then promoted them. Maybe Callie wasn't ready, but I wanted them to go in that direction. I understand going in the Bill O'Brien direction. I think that is not a bad idea. I'm just telling you what I wanted. Your thoughts. And again, I mean, <clears throat> I I was hoping Callie was going to get it last year. And, you know, it turned out to be a disaster as we all watched it unfold. But, I mean, this year I think they needed, you know, they needed that calming influence uh, of an experienced coach. Like I, I told each of you offline, if they had struggled as bad as they did last year with Nick Callie, I could have lived with that because he's learning a new job. But, you know... It didn't happen that way, and we can beat that horse to death. But sure, um, I already I, I have. Think, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know hiring uh, or bringing back Bill O'Brien to the Patriots was the best move because you know uh, he frequently um, handles offensive coordinator as well as quarterbacks coach on his own, and I think that'll be good for Mac because now he's dealing with one voice and one voice only. And I think O'Brien will probably get a little bit of autonomy like uh, Josh McDaniels had in running the offense. Okay, and that's going to be our next topic when we talk about what happens next. But before we do that, Derek, your thoughts on the hire of Bill O'Brien? Feel free to share what I just brought up with Nick Kelly because uh, that's kind of where I wanted them to go on this. But I will tell you this, that uh, I – Use my son as the judge, Brady. I texted him that Bill O'Brien was the next coordinator for the New England Patriots. I just got a text back, two words, thank God. So (laughs) I think that's hilarious because I feel like that was basically the entirety of Patriots Twitter yesterday. Everyone was just like, just like bringing their hands together. Brady up. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's a perfect. Yeah, Christmas all over. Yeah, no, it was just one of those things where I think the. I think Patriots fans collectively didn't like the decision that Bill made at the beginning of the season last year with Patricia and Judge, and it had unfolded such way that we were just like, "Please address this!" Like, please, we can't. We, like, this has to. Everyone's looking around like this is not what we're supposed to be looking like, right? And and then for them to be so 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 steadfast and so uh, you know blunt, you know upfront with 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 taking care of these issues right away. I just think it gives Patriots fans a little bit of, I don't know. I don't know what the word would be, but it just makes you feel a little bit of like a breath of you know, fresh air, a little bit of sigh of relief where you're just like, okay, thank Thankfully, you know, the, you know, the team is kind of correcting their mistakes, um, you know, and, and you might not love Bill O'Brien, uh, you know, and I say you as the collective, you, the listening audience, but I would right. say this, what the Patriots tried to do last year it wasn't necessarily the play calling. It was it was the, you know it was the play design. It was the structure. It was how the it was how the quarterback drop lined up with the protection on the offensive line, with the receiver depth, with 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 guys on you know running certain routes and just the timing of everything. It just it looked like a baby giraffe that tried to stand up and couldn't. And it just I just think Bill O'Brien. You can say what you want about him. He's a guy who has experience, as Steve said at the beginning, in the with the Patriots in the NFL in college, both of the head coach and a coordinator level, he has done this. And again, you might not love Mac Jones. Again, you, 
the collective you, <laughs> you might not love Mac Jones. But even though the Bill O'Brien never taught Mac, he's bl- he can blend two systems together and he can sit down with a quarterback and say, okay, here's what I really like. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you feel comfortable in. And don't forget that Bill O'Brien, he's not going to probably come in here and for everyone that wanted to do the, you know, a lot of the heavy play action stuff, which I certainly am a fan of. I love doing that, but Bill O'Brien's that's not really his style. He's more of a two tight end guy. He's more of an up-tempo guy. And I think that you can marry the two together, but I just think the best thing about O'Brien is I think that they, him and Mac, I think can sit down and it's so early in the process being still at the end of January where they have a lot of time to kind of figure out what works the best and get everyone on the same page where it's not, it is going to be a new system, but it's not going to be a third system necessarily in three years. It's going to be a blend of them, which I think will help Mac because at the end of the day, we don't know if this whole thing's going to work out with Mac, but I just want to be, at least put him in a position to succeed so we can fairly evaluate him because we didn't get a chance to do that this last season. Okay, Derek, we're going to dive a little bit more into what offense we think Bill O'Brien's going to run in just a second. But before sure. we do that, I want to bring us back to the beginning of Patriots fourth and two, Steve. And uh, that's when Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator. Correct. If you remember correctly. And I remember we used to have people commenting. I remember we had this one commentator by the name of show who you know and he every show we did he would comment about the offensive coordinator bill o'brien and just continually just go at him and others did as well he wasn't not just uh mentioning him there were others as well and uh i thought they had some good points at the time so is it fair to look back at the past because josh mcdaniels came in took over for bill o'brien but there, he had his detractors at the time. I just want to bring that up to be fair. But so did I, McDa- So did McDaniel. So, so I mean, you wanted Bill fired yeah. a month ago. I mean, you wanted Bill fired a month well, ago for us. So no. I mean, fans have their opinions. Of course, right? Of right. Course. But McDaniel's. I mean, how many people call for McDaniel's head every week? Right. Constantly. And that that tune sure changed after right. about I'm a month. I'm just bringing up what happened right. at the beginning of no, our show. No, and I think it's fair. I mean, you go Boston back to 2011. Right. Bill O'Brien did get a lot of criticism from the fan base, but the Patriots were the third highest scoring team in the league that year. And they went to the Super Bowl with a defense that had no business being there. Yep. And that was because of the offense. I think if their defense was better, the offense probably would have been number one that year. Okay. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. I'm glad that, just got that out there because uh, I re- just remember all the talk, Derek. And yet I will be happy to say that I flip-flopped on Bill Belichick and fans do flip-flop, but I'm just going back to what the reaction was back then. I'm for the hire. Don't get me wrong. I'm just talking about it. And can coaches get better? Absolutely. I think he has turned into a very good coach. I just want to bring back it, the reaction back then, but to your point, and Steve's point, the reaction was similar to McDaniel's. Maybe it's just a position at hand. I just think, I mean, it's professional sports. So if things aren't going to go a certain way, 
fans are going to voice their displeasure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, not to cross sports too much, but look what the Red Sox, like right now, with every single time they get their GM or ownership out in front of a crowd, they're getting the they're getting booed the crap out of them. And I, yeah. I, I applaud it. I, I mean, because you, you expect a certain level, you know, a, a certain level of performance. And when you don't get that, you know, I understand. And I think people are reactionary too. And social media makes it feel even more reactionary because everyone, right. you know, can kind of share their thoughts in real time, right? But... I, I think that for for Bill O'Brien going back to the you know the two tight end days, I just I had like I just had like some Vietnam flashbacks when Russ talked about the beginning of the show because I'm actually wearing my University of Arizona <laughs> shirt right now and I was still in I was still in college when we start when we started the show. That's how long this it's is been. True. So, I it's remember. Been a, it's been a long time. Uh, but I I would just say this too. Uh, I think that again. He might not be your first choice, but I think for where I would also like to bring to the table for where Bill is in his career, I don't think you could get a better fit because people keep talking about like, oh, well, you know, who's next? And I've seen I've heard a lot of the Gerard Mayo. Maybe we can get into this, too. A lot of people are saying that Gerard Mayo is the next coach. I mean, he he might be, but yeah. ultimately that's not going to be Bill's decision. It's going to be the Kraft's decision. So it's I don't right. I, I understand that people who are under Bill's coaching staff the crafts might strongly consider when bill decides to walk away. I also don't think unless again, unless they straight up tell us, I don't think bill is the one who's pulling the strings of lining up. Who's the next head coach. You know, I, I it just as easily could be bill O'Brien, Gerard Mayo could just as easily be someone from the coaching ranks for all we know. Who knows? I just think it's so people are, I think are blending too many things together. But as I look at it, I see bill with one, two, maybe three seasons at the absolute most left. And I just think that you have someone like Bill O'Brien who could come in for a year or two and really help kind of calm, calm everything because there was just so much tumult, you know, tumultuousness going on with the offense, too many moving parts with no real direction. And I think again, whether you like Bill or Bill O'Brien or not, I think he helps give you a little bit of direction and that's what they really need. Okay. Good stuff there. All right. So as we talk about this guys, what offense do you think he's going to run? So, Steve, I want to get your thoughts on this. I've heard all kinds of theories. Are they going to go back to the Brady offense, which is really not the Brady offense? We know that. You've talked about in detail where that actually starts. But are they going to go back to that offense? Will Bill O'Brien incorporate some that he had at Alabama? Will there be a blend, as Derek talked about? I guess we don't know, but what do you think? What do you think he's going to do? I think he's going to uh, blend in the the prototypical Patriots offense that we've seen for all these years and the Alabama offense because Mac Jones won a national championship with that. So, uh, you know, uh, and like Derek said, we were talking offline yesterday. And we talked at length about, you know, the time that he now has with Mac Jones, there's plenty of time for these guys to sit down and look at the playbook and decide, you know, and I I think it comes down to uh, Bill O'Brien first. These are the things that Mac does well. So let's focus on what he does do well and not worry about what he doesn't because that's, you know, you can't force a square peg in a round hole. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson. You know, he's not going to be running these, you know, stretch plays, uh, option plays, whatever you want to call them. Uh, But figure out what he does best 
and then incorporate that into the offense. And you can still try different things, but that's not going to be the focus of the team. You might have some plays you want to put aside, you know, and they have plenty of time for that because the first OTAs won't even be till April. So they have like three months to sit down figure it out. And I think it's very important. O'Brien will now look at the offense as a whole. Who do they have for players that are signed right now? And how do they fit this offense? Do they need upgrades? And And of course, we all know they need upgrades on the offense, especially at the offensive line. Right. And wide receiver, they need it, you know, an upgrade there. But I think it'll be a mixture of adding players, not only uh, through free agency, but the draft as well. And you know, we'll see how free agency plays out, and that will depend on where they go in the draft. But I, I think that's the the main two things that he has to do: sit down with Mac come up with an offense that works for both of them because ultimately O'Brien's going to be the guy responsible for that. That's his job. But I didn't think they did a good job. I don't think anyone will disagree with that of putting Mac Jones in a a position to succeed last year. And I think O'Brien already knows how to do that. He's done it in, you know, numerous places. You got to remember a lot of naysayers were poo-pooing this signing, saying that the Texans were terrible. Well, he took Texans teams with Brian Hoyer as the starting quarterback. I know. You know, and I think the was it Brock Osweiler? Brock Osweiler to, was as well. Yep. Yeah. They took him to the playoffs. Yeah. And they actually won a couple of playoff games under his watch. Who I ran into like about a month ago, which was funny. A, a kind of an well, off-air talk conversation. But. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Six degrees uh, with I, Derek Havens. Yes. Yeah, I agree with Chris. I mean, uh, instead of go, bam, go, roll tide, baby. Roll you t- know? <clears throat> and I would well, just say, too, like I agree with Steve. It's, it, it needs to be a blend, you know, of, of a couple things. And I, you have to think that, you know, Bill O'Brien, I have to believe – I don't know this. I just I would just want to think that he wants to be a head coach again. And I know that he would he probably there's probably other factors, but he knows that if he comes back to this system, he knows that his success is ultimately going to be linked to Mac Jones. So it makes you have right. to feel a little bit of confidence there that he feels like, hey, I know I can put this kid in a position to succeed. I know that him and his wife are also from New England and and yep. so I get there's family ties there too. But I also if you know believing that he wants to be a head coach again in my mind not that he said this i i would think that he feels you know confident in mac jones and look i again i i said this before i'll say it again we don't know where mac is ultimately going to fall but we know he can play better than he did this last season because we saw it in his rookie year so i i I, i'm just happy we have some structure now with that and and to see what they're going to unravel and ultimately the moves in the free agency putting together the roster, we'll see what they want to do. We'll kind of have an idea because don't forget Russ early in the 2011 era, they didn't have a fullback on the roster. That was prior to no. James Devlin joining the team. That was the two tight end sets. Good Again, up tempo. Are they bringing uh, that back? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, and, and it looked like they, it looked like they missed Jakob Johnson last year, you know, yeah. on the offense at times, but maybe they have other plans. And, and I, I'm really, I'm really fascinated to see what happens. But even though the team hasn't announced Bill O'Brien, 
uh, official. I mean, the, even the, the you know, know. With the Patriots coaching the East West Shrine Bowl, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, the the three top coaches are well are positional coaches for the Patriots. But then you have basically your observers and you know your participants, and that's Bill Gerard Mayo and Bill O'Brien. So. I mean, he's he's on the team. I mean, it's just about it's just about, I guess, officially announcing it, whether they yeah. do or not. Well, that's not a you know, that's whatever. But it's it, it's a done deal. And so it's just I'm fascinated to see what moves they make from a personnel standpoint, because I think that will tell us answers before we even see them back on the field. Well, I'm fascinated by this topic we're going to talk about right now because it involves Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick. OK, so Steve. Do you think that Bill O'Brien will be able to build his own staff, his own offensive staff? Do you think that he has some assurances that he'd be able to bring in his own guys? I'm talking about someone like Doug Marone. And I've heard on Boston Sports Radio, Marone being slammed. And I'm here to tell you, Marone is a quality coach. If he comes to the Patriots, absolutely bring him in. I don't understand the negativity when it comes to Doug Marone. And I'm not saying that he's going to come. But we've seen to talk about Adrian Clem. We've seen McCardell, all these interviews. Are they possibly going to be on the staff, which is interesting? I don't know. Or is he just going to go with the staff he currently has and just roll with it? I'm talking about Belichick to O'Brien. Do you think O'Brien will be able to hire some of his own offensive staff? Well, I think that he's going to have a a large say in this because the fact that you know, Belichick respects him and, you know, he has experience doing this. I think Belichick will ultimately have the final say in it, but I think O'Brien, as I mentioned earlier, is going to get us, you know, almost a, a level of autonomy that Josh McDaniels had yeah. because Bill, Bill didn't mess with Josh when it came to offensive game plans and whatnot, you know, that was his that was his baby. Um, I think Josh and Bill shared in how they were going to arrange the coaching staff. And I think that'll be a little bit of, of, of that in this. Bingo. I, I think that O'Brien will probably be the offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach, but I mean, they definitely need some help along the offensive line. Absolutely. And I, I really think they need help with the wide receivers. Well, that's what I find interesting about two of the coaches that were up for the job. We're talking wide receivers, Steve. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I know Troy Brown is an icon, and he, he kind of got a little bit of the Teflon treatment this year because how many times did we come in here on Monday or Tuesday or whatever day, you know, after a game? And we talked about, you know, on these plays, wide receivers were rounding off their routes. They were in correct positions, you know, stuff like that. That happened kind of frequently throughout the season. I think that, you know, I mean, I I love Troy Brown. I think he's awesome. But I do think they need some help there with the coaching because these are all coaching issues for the players. If they're running – you know, rounded off routes, then the coaches need to dig in their fourth point of contact and get them doing much, you know, crisper route. And and I think that, you know, as much as people don't want to hear it, 
you know, Troy Brown's part of that. Yeah, he but is. the problem is with that, Steve, and I totally agree with you. I'm not arguing with you at all. I, I, the problem is, is that we just don't know. Unless you're behind this, unless you're behind those doors, you can't know whose responsibilities those things no. fall on. Even though he's listed as that coach, because I totally agree with you. But I was just looking at it because I was thinking about, you know, the position coaches again for the East West Shrine Bowl, and I, I, I just want to say for starters that. Just because of what they're listed at doesn't mean this is any indication of what's going to happen during the season. I'm just trying to throw this out there because I'm just think it's curious. So like Vinny Sinceri, for example, I'm pretty sure he was with the running backs last year. Mm-hmm. He's listed as the receiver coach for, for the Patriots at the East West Shrine Bowl. Evan Rothstein was the analytics guy in Detroit that Matt Patricia brought over with him when he came back to the Patriots. He's the running back coach. They got Troy Brown as the head coach. They have... You know, they still have Cam Accord as the supervisor special teams coach, which any supervisor is basically a pretty high level guy. All this, all the quote unquote supervisors, again, are Bill Belichick, Gerard Mayo, uh, Bill O'Brien. Uh, the other special teams or sorry, the other supervisor, quote unquote, is Bears Nigerian, who's been next to Bill Belichick for years. So there's some guys that are familiar faces and there's some guys in some different roles. And part of me is just kind of looking at it saying, are they just moving people around to get them experience teaching this at a lower level, or is there more to it? So that, again, these are things that we don't know the answer to. I'm just kind of throwing it out there for conversation. But I just sometimes with because they're not as forthcoming usually with with certain titles. Sometimes you have no. to read the tea leaves and figure it out. You know. Okay, excellent stuff, guys. What's interesting about bringing in Bill O'Brien now? You have three former head coaches on your staff. But I'm going to ask both of you this. Steve, what does this mean for Patricia and Judge now? Do you think that they're still in the fold here? Do you think that maybe one of them takes the role of Ernie Adams and maybe another is in the front office? What do you think happens to them, or are they still part of the staff? Well, you know, I noticed that three coaches – we're not going to be part of the bowl game with the coaching staff. And that's right. Yep. Matt Patricia, Joe judge and Nick Cali. Yep. Interesting. I was going to, I was just going to bring this up. Okay. And so when you're looking at that aspect, um, <laughs> that kind of leads me to believe that they're on their way out now with special teams, the way it was, um, I would imagine Bill wanted to move uh, Joe Judge back into that position because it was terrible last year. I I don't know. Maybe Judge is not wanting to do that. As I I don't know. I mean, that's actually a coordinator position, really, if you look at it. You know, but I also want. I'm also curious about you know the report about how the lions aren't paying Patricia anymore. And just right. that factor into it. And I, uh, I think it was Greg Bedard who was first on it. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I just think it, it, that is a factor. That's always a factor. I mean, it, if history shows, if history has told us anything, the, those kind of things are factors. And I just wonder, we all thought that they for sure. I mean, I don't want to put words in your guys' mouth. So I shouldn't say that, yeah. but I, at least I thought, and I, I thought you both agree with me that, that they weren't going to flat out fire Joe Judge or Matt Patricia. I thought Bill would just kind of move them to right. different roles. Right. But 
as Steve's point, something that I was just about to bring up is just as I'm talking about the roster for the coaching staff for the Patriots, they're nowhere to be found. So what does that tell? I don't, does that say anything or not? I don't know the answer to that. And that's something that's <laughs> interesting to keep in mind too. Okay. Interesting stuff. And this is all stuff that we should be watching as uh, the off season continues. And we'll definitely uh, focus on that on Patriots fourth and two guys to go along with all of this, because there is a very important coach. And I'm glad you guys both talked about this Gerard Mayo. That's part of, the East West Shrine game, and there's been talk that he potentially could be sticking around, which is very interesting. And uh, we talked about this, I believe, on the last show. So let's just talk about it in more depth. Steve, could Gerard Mayo be the next head coach of the New England Patriots? I think there's a very good possibility of that, unless he gets hired away as a head coach somewhere else. But I think that's a distinct possibility. I thought I read somewhere that Mayo was with Belichick when they were discussing Bill O'Brien being hired. That tells me that, you know, they're getting him involved. They're showing him how these things are done, how the interviews are done. That, again, we're reading tea leaves here when we're throwing stuff against the wall and see what sticks. But, again, if you're looking at it, from a distance, it certainly seems that way to me. Okay. And uh, Chris agrees. He thinks 100% Mayo. And honestly, if they're grooming him to be the next head coach, because they can't do anything legally, they can't. They can't put anything in writing. But if we're reading the tea leaves, I think it's headed that way, Derek. I think, And I would be for a situation like this if they're trying to get someone ready in two to three seasons to be the next head coach. Why not be an ex-player, an ex-coach on the coaching staff to be your next head coach? This is a and weird show thing. him everything. <laughs> Can they could they name Gerard Mayo the next head coach automatically because he's because he's a black head coach already? Like, do they have to like I, quote unquote fulfill the Rooney could, rule? They I don't do think that? they like, could do that though. I still don't. I, think I they don't could know do what that. the rules are with that. Like, I yeah. don't. I don't. I. Again, that was just like a random thought I had. I just no, I I know. don't know the answer to that question. I know. But I know. Because I know that was a – because to be fair, I thought that was a point of um, – it's always a point of conversation because I think the rule – I think the rule is abused, even though I think it's a good rule. But I, I know that was a point of – like it always is, point of conversation like with Keenan McCardell and Adrian Clem yeah. and a couple of these other coaches that interviewed this week for the Patriots OC job where a lot of them – you know, where some people were talking about how a lot of people felt like it was Bill O'Brien already kind of in the bag. And basically it's been a done deal for a year, according to some, because it was just about what many people speculated about him honoring his contract with Nick Saban, et cetera. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's, I don't know, that's just a whole other side topic, I guess. Well, let me ask you this, Derek, and I, I know you're going off on a, on a different tangent. Yeah, there. yeah. But I, if I, we're talking about this, <laughs> if we're talking about mail, let's just say yeah. this is the path. And they're grooming him to be the next head coach. I'm all for this. How do you feel about this? Would you be in favor of this type of situation where two to three years down the road, they're just going to elevate him to the head coach? See, I don't know. I, I go I go back and forth on this because I think Gerard Mayo looks like the kind of guy who can command a room. And I think yes. that I think that some some guys, like to your point, Russ, earlier about Doug Marone. He ha- he wasn't a good he wasn't a good um, head coach, but 
but he's extremely, extremely well-respected as an offensive line coach. And, and that would be a great move if the team was able to keep to grab somebody like that. And now I don't think that's going to happen for different, for different reasons, but you know, I don't know. I go back and forth on it because part of me thinks that he looks like a guy who could be a good head coach. I would need to know who his offensive coordinator is. You know, that's a big question in my mind, but at the same time, Russ, the other part of me, I kind of want to just get under the, out of the Belichick umbrella and just start new and just literally clean house from GM to, to the, to the lowest level coach you can get and just start totally fresh with, with new people in charge. And, and I go back and forth, I guess I'll see how we feel when the time comes, but I, I go back and forth on that. Okay. So you want to basically get all the remnants of Belichick out of there. And I'm just going to ask the question, why? I just think sometimes when you do this, when you have similar ideologies, which anyone who's been in that building since Bill became head coach, almost everyone in that building who's lasted a very long time has has had some similar kind of ideologies and philosophies as yep. Bill. And that's not there's nothing wrong with that. But I also could push back on it and say, well, you there's a lot of other teams in the league who have had more recent success that are up to more modern ways. So should you look at a different direction? Again, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying you could make that argument, which is why I kind of teeter back and forth on it. Because I know that Bill has been the standard of success for coaches and for and the Patriots have been the standard success of, uh, you know, they've set the bar for franchises in the modern era. I also can argue the fact that there's a lot of kind of new age ideas that they haven't adopted that have been proven to work for a lot of other teams. So I just think you could make that case, but it's just too early to tell. I wouldn't be against Gerard Mayo uh, being that next guy. If that was it, I would again, want to know who that offensive coordinator is aside from that, you know, we'll see, but I I could, I can go back and forth on that. I'm undecided. Steve, I'm going to go to you because I want to get your thoughts on what Derek just shared. He's kind of on the fence in that type of philosophy. He seems to feel, I'm not putting words in his mouth because Derek just said this, to kind of get a fresh perspective, bring in someone completely different. I understand where he's going on this, but here's the thing that Derek, and I'll go to Steve on this and you can counter after I go to Steve. I think ownership is a big part of this. I think Kraft and Belichick, have built that. I don't think we give the crafts enough credit to what they built here, because I think in a way it does go hand in hand. The, the way that they manage this team, they are owning it. They let Kraft do what he wants. They let Bill do, oh, do what he wants. However, it's within a certain financial structure, economic structure. So if you're the crafts, wouldn't you want someone that understands that structure or would you want to go out of the family? I guess you could say, and try something new, someone that would not (coughs) know how they run their business. So I I find it interesting because for me, if I'm the crafts, I go with Mayo because he would understand it. Well, you know, I go back to what Kraft said years ago, you know, as an owner, they want a football guy running the operation. And, you know, that's what they had with Bill. Right. Uh, so I think what they're really going to have to do when Bill retires is first figure out who the GM is going to be. And if that GM, I mean, if they want to keep Mayo, 
they're going to have to interview a GM that is going to go along with that. So, I you know, I, I think – Casario. <laughs> yeah, I mean um, – or Jack Easterby, right? So oh, No, no. No, <laughs> absolutely no, not. No, but uh, – um, yeah, I mean, maybe a guy like Casario would be interested in coming back. You I'm know? just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't know. You know, we we don't know what's going on, like you said, behind. But I right. I think that at the beginning of this, it's going to have to deal with the GM as well. Yeah. Because you, you have to have two guys in lockstep. And you know, when because you're not going to give that kind of autonomy to someone like Mayo, you're not going to do that like you did for Bill. I think that is not going to happen no i don't think that they're going to have to hire a gm yeah so i agree with that so it's it's going to be interesting when it does happen because you're replacing the coach and gm so yeah all right unless unless he wants to be jerry jones and start (laughs) no i i don't hope not derek your thoughts on this because i think the crafts are more involved than we want to give them credit for I know that they let Bill do what he wants to do, but ultimately, Bill has a boss. So you saw that this coming this last few weeks. I'm just saying. So <laughs> they might feel more comfortable with also with someone that they know. I'm just throwing it out there. No, I get that. Like I get that too. I I I totally understand. But we have seen Bill basically get to do whatever he wants. I think yeah. you know for the vast majority of the last 20 years. But I think yeah. you've seen a perfect example the last two weeks where the crafts have no problem stepping in. And I think I don't, again, I don't know how the conversation went. I don't think it was a bad one. I just think the crafts at the end of the day, they know they they're, they're seeing the same thing. The Patriots are. And we've talked about it after the the last, the last game of the regular season, how Mr. You know, a lot of people said that Robert Kraft looked very dejected and frustrated and wasn't very friendly with certain people that he normally was. And he kind of had his head down and all of a sudden you have the press release to the fan base on Tuesday and you have the announcement of, of certain, you know, uh, you know, of certain events, you know, the last few weeks and meetings. And I, I just, I just think, look, they, yes, they, they, they do give the, you know, they do give Bill leeway. They do let him do it. But I think at the end of the day, they also have no problem being a little more forceful and being, I guess, kind of bullish, and they have been doing that the last few weeks, which I think is good. I mean, they I don't think you need to have someone in ownership involved as much as a Jerry Jones because I think you can get in your own way too easily, and we've sure. seen that with Dallas many times, uh, you know, the last few decades. But I also think it's important to have an ownership group that cares and, uh, you know, that will step in when they feel like it's the right time, and I think that's what you have here in New England, which, you know, fans should be thankful for. Okay, great stuff from the two of you. Okay, coming up next... To end the show, I have a bonus topic for our guys, and maybe we'll get into talking about some other Patriot stuff as well. Okay, guys, to end the show, I have a bonus topic for the two of you. I told you about this before we went live. I'm thinking of a good topic, and this actually goes back to our preview episode of the opening game for the Patriots against the Dolphins when we had on uh, Derek's friend, Brian Cat, And we were talking about who would be MVP. And I think everyone except for myself were all bullish on Josh Allen. So, mm. <laughs> and I brought up this topic. So I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to scratch this itch. 
How much has Josh Allen and the Bills been affected by the loss of Brian Dayball? Derek? A massive amount. A massive Thank amount. You. And I will and I will say this. So so no one turned the ball over more than Josh Allen this season uh, with right. with his first year without Brian Dable. And I, I I'm not knocking Josh Allen. We all know how he's a special player. He absolutely yep. is. But he was part of the problem towards I guess starting in the middle of the year I would say and then towards the end where he was just kind of off the rails. And then someone like Daniel Jones who led the NFL Look at with yeah. turnovers last year had five interceptions his first season with Dayball. That is that is truly a perfect example of i think it's very similar to when i argue with people about the offense and mac jones where i look at josh i talk about josh mcdaniels swapped out for mac patricia we can go through those numbers too coaching (laughs) matters in the nfl more than any other professional sport hands down and brian dable is a perfect example of this that's why i wanted to bring this up steve and i remember when we had the conversation and uh brian cat brought up well, there's no question that that uh, Josh Allen would be an MVP candidate. And I basically said not so fast because of the situation with changing the offensive coordinator and nothing against Ken Dorsey. Okay, nothing against him at all. But there's something about Brian Dayball, the way that he has coached up quarterbacks, including what he did at Alabama. So he's a very good coach. And I thought we, he might – Go in the other direction. I'm talking about Josh Allen. Now, we're bringing up the interceptions. I don't think it's an accident that Josh Allen's career took off a little bit under the tutelage of Brian Dayball. I still think he's going to be an elite quarterback in this league, but I don't think we can discount the loss of Dayball this season. No, uh, I think, you know, like Derek said at the outset of this, you know, uh, when – when Dayball went to the Giants, there was a lot of questions whether he was even going to keep Daniel Jones. Right. And look how, you know, it took a while, you know, but that how they molded him into a completely different player right now. I know they got hammered. I know they got hammered against Philly in the uh, playoffs. But you know, look at the big picture of the Giants. I mean, they were absolutely terrible last year and um you know i think dayball made a big difference he got the team believing in themselves and they he runs a system that the players all bought into completely and the work he did with daniel jones is off the charts i mean i thought he had a fantastic year yeah he still makes some mistakes but that was the first year yeah with Dayball as the coach. And again, Ken Dorsey, this was his first, you know, rodeo. So yeah, I'm I'm sure things will get better with him. Right. But I know a lot of Bills fans want him out the door. <laughs> oh, they sure do. But they want you know, they want a coaching down, staff it, change down there. It, it comes down to, you know, other than Josh Allen, they couldn't run the football this year. Yeah. And that's, that's something they have to address. That's why I think they're going to throw some money at Damian Harris. Um, I, I that would be could. a good move for them. That's actually a good call, Steve. That would be a very I good move sne- for the Buffalo Bills. I also sneaky have them in, as someone going up for, I know Russ doesn't care about this, but B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas. The, the no, big I don't group. care. 
I know you don't, but we're talking about it. So, um, you know, so right, that, but, uh, I mean, why not he's going to be in striking distance and that would be a perfect fit. Like everyone talked about Brees Hall going yeah. to the Bills last year to, to take some pressure off Josh Allen in the run game. He went to the Jets and you saw his early success there. Well, I mean, it's like it's, they're, hurt, they're, yeah. their well, fixes seem easy to me on paper, yeah. but who knows? Well, Derek, just yeah, so you know, I mean, I, it, it, so much was being forced on Allen. Yeah. You know, he was their running game as well as their passing game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he didn't have Dayball in his ear telling him, hey, you don't have to make a big play on every down. You know, you can throw it away. You can throw underneath and we'll live to fight another day. And, you know, I think coaching definitely played a role in that. But, you know, that that Bills team actually for the second year in a row. Their defense really let them down in the playoffs. Okay. Because I thought they got hammered by Cincinnati. Okay. Guys, I'm going to give you a player. If you're going to talk draft stuff, I'm going to give you a player I want the Patriots to draft, and it's a wide receiver. Oh, really? yes. Oh, Marvin Mims. <laughs> Marvin Mims from the University of Oklahoma. Of course you're an Oklahoma guy now. I forgot about this. Um, <laughs> Boomer Sooner. We'll, Boomer we'll get- Sooner. Well, he'd be a great fit, by the way. He's, a, he's a, going to be a very good wide receiver. I don't know what his draft status is. I don't know what round he's going to go in. But Marvin Mims is the real deal. I've watched him a lot this season. I'm just I think say. he's going to end up being a day two pick, but I, I don't, I can't, I can't speak too much about him. So I don't want to, okay. I don't want I haven't gotten to him yet, but okay. I will. Okay. And I'm I'll giving you some homework. Now. I'm giving you some homework. Check out Marvin. I love that. My, my love only that. thing with him still- is he's, he's small. He's 5'11", 180 pounds, you know. Catches everything thrown to him, though. Oh, he does have great hands, and he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. Absolutely, Steve. I think if you, you know, if you want to look at a guy like him, because he's only 20 years old. Yeah, young kid. I'm fascinated with the Patriots on a couple different levels for the – (laughs) <laughs> I got to share this because I, I agree. I my face said it all. I anyone who's watching this right now was just like <laughs> uh, my face was like, wait, Russ is talking about the draft. I um yeah, I'm not I'm not a big draft guy, but but I am a big Oklahoma guy. So well, um, I would say that I've, I've had a lot of people start talking to me on Twitter about about draft things, and I'll just say this now. Go ahead. Dave. I, I I've I've started to you know, begin, you know, looking around some things in no particular order. And I know we talked about this in the last show. I'm looking yeah. at offensive tackle, receiver, and cornerback, you know, as my top three. There are other needs. But again, it's so early. It's so hard to tell you. You don't know who's going to be resigned. You don't know what they're going to do in free agency. Because for all we know, the name that keeps popping up is, you know, McGlinchey, the tackle from the 49ers. And if and that you know they're probably not going to be able to hold on to him because they have so many weapons to pay. And the Patriots reportedly really liked him coming out of Notre Dame a few years ago. And he's right in his prime, and he's a stud tackle. And they could literally throw a bunch of money at him and then draft another guy. I would be all for that. But again, there's if they do that, then yeah, they maybe they don't go tackle in round one. But we don't know. There's just it's just so many. So right now I'm I'm, right now I'm looking at positions. And then players that fit their their mold. Like okay. I can tell you, I'm in love with the Boston College receiver Zay Flowers, but I don't know oh, he's, even where he's, he's gonna. He's good. He's good. He is good. But he, you know, but but I can. But we don't know if he's gonna go 
and, you know, in the second round or, okay. or you know, sneaking to the first for all I know. I don't know if he would, but I'm just saying, like, it's just so early in the process. It's just about right now for me anyway, just for me specifically. I'm not talking about yep. anybody else. Yep. It's just about, you know, I've been looking at the Patriots roster. You're going to kind of self-evaluate that, look at the positions, yep. and then look at the players that fit. And then you kind of build your board and kind of go from there as as the team kind of reveals itself and fills in puzzle pieces along the way. Okay, so I do want to ask both of you about one player because I've already heard a lot of talk how the Patriots need a stud-wide receiver. Okay, and you guys know I've always been on the Patriots' philosophy that they don't need a number one. But I'm going to ask you both about someone that they drafted last season. And why are we not hearing more talk about the potential of Tyquan Thornton, Steve? Well, they used him terribly last year. He's not a, a lightning fast guy off the snap. You know, he's a guy that, you know, he has to get that uh, like a little bit of a running start. And then yeah, you, have him in motion. Right. Well, and the other thing is for the most part, he was either a decoy where they weren't even looking at him or he was running three to five yard routes. That's not the best way. And again, putting guys in a position to win. I think, you know, O'Brien will try to figure out a way to get him more involved. And, you know, uh, I think he'll be a much bigger part of the offense next year. That's just okay. me. I don't know. Uh, again, sure. O'Brien may be looking at him and saying, you know, this is a guy that doesn't fit our plan. Um, well, that's what's interesting because we don't know. This also goes with the offense. And, and it leads right to the other guy, you know, wide receivers, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, right. None of us know. Nobody. I still really don't knows. know what the hell that was all. But about. if you look at him in 2021, he was their biggest playmaker yeah, I, on offense. And same with Hunter Henry. I mean, those two guys were Mac Jones's, you know, playmakers. I know Jacoby Myers was his favorite target. He was the chain mover. But those yeah. guys were productive. And then in 2022, I'm not going to sit here and beat a dead horse about Matt Patricia, but those two guys basically disappeared from the offense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. Derek, and, and, you know, going thought, back oh, to the two tight end stuff, I, yeah. I mentioned in the piece I wrote, no one's comparing Hunter Henry and John Smith to Gronkowski and Hernandez. Okay. No, we're not doing that, but they're good players and they should be much more involved yeah. in this offense. And that's, this is how, he likes to run his offense. Where's Claire when we need her? Yeah, I with know. two tight ends. With two yeah. tight ends. Well, I think that's, that's the right. other thing. That's that's the other side benefit of hiring O'Brien is I'm hoping that he can maximize, you know, Ju- uh, John Smith, Smith because we yeah. haven't seen it. And I know he's a better player than what he's shown with his two years in New England. He's a better player than that. He might. He's. You can definitely argue he's not worth the money because he's because he cause to, yep. to this point he hasn't, but he was way more productive in Tennessee. And I'm hoping yep. that Bill O'Brien can, with his system, to, to Steve's point, can get him more involved in something that Patricia didn't know how to do. And I, again, I'm not blaming him. And and I'll say this: I don't even think Bill knows how to do it. But I mean Belichick, not O'Brien, is they didn't use Jordan's. <laughs> they didn't use his speed to leverage def- defenses enough. You know, even yep. if he's not. I, you know, he's he's making a big jump. It's his first year. There's a lot going on. The offense is kind of a mess anyways. But I'm hoping that 
O'Brien can start putting Thornton in positions to succeed and like use his speed to leverage defenders and force defenses, you know, in certain directions. And, and I think you're going to see, again, I think you're going to see some of that, some of those things. And I, I don't know, I don't know where Thornton really fits in the offense necessarily next year, but yeah, I mean, he's a definitely got to be a top three guy for you on, as a receiver. I mean, he has to, right. be. You, you put him, you drafted him too high for that. And I think that he will be, you know, but to me, to me, guys, I'm looking at, you know, they need, they need a, if they could find a dynamic slot player, I think yeah. they'd be in really, really good shape. And that's why, that's where I kind of lean right now, going back okay. to the draft stuff. That's where I kind of lean in that first or second round. Well, that's round what they're is, missing, Derek. They're missing they do, that they do. Edelman, that yep. Welker. Yeah, I heard about missing. that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you, I mean, yeah. you, and there's a couple of guys, you know, and that Zay Flowers is one I just mentioned, a guy that will go higher than him, who is tremendous and would be an amazing fit here is Jackson Smith, the Jigba from Ohio State. I mean, he's yep. tremendous. Uh, I mean, okay. th- he brings that speed element, Russ, where he has that short area quickness that will take pressure off Mac Jones and can and can have the Patriots taking advantage of matchups. And Evan Lazar, he who did a really who did a really really nice breakdown talking about some of the concepts that um, Bill O'Brien could uh, bring here to the Patriots. He wrote it on Patriots.com this morning. Last night he tweeted out a video of this of this classic Bill O'Brien lecture when he was at a football clinic talking about the Patriots and how they would use leverage in certain situations to manipulate defenses. And it's a good, if you follow Evan Lazar, easy Lazar on Twitter, if you go over to his timeline, there's a, there's a classic Bill O'Brien video from last night. It's very good. It's it's, and it will give you a little bit of insight. It certainly give it for me of what changes could be coming to the Patriots and, and, and what, what they should be looking for, you know, this off season. Well, what's interesting is will the three cone drill be a big part of what they do finding receivers again because that was huge. I don't know if they went against that, but mm-hmm. it, they would find receivers that had great three cone drill times. So I'm curious if that's not going to be part yeah, of it. You, you know, with this offense, if you know, if you have that very quick athletic, you know, slot guy. Yeah. And you know, Troy Brown, Wes Welker, you know, Julian Edelman all three of those guys excelled in this offense. Yeah, they just don't have that. No, and see, they used a lot of Jacoby Myers there. And don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, I love Jacoby Myers, but, but he's not. He's not that. He, he's not a yak guy. No, you know? they, yak guy. That's a great point. That's a great point. Great stuff by the two of you. You guys really brought it today, talking about uh, Bill O'Brien and much more. And uh, we're going to have many more shows for you this off season and. Uh, I look forward to seeing what the Patriots end up doing. So Derek, as always, thanks for joining Steve and myself. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, it's always fun. This time of year is interesting. Um, real quick, real, real quick. Who's, uh, who, who do you guys like this weekend? I like, uh, uh, personally, I like the Bengals and I like the 49ers. What about you guys? Me I'm too. actually going to agree with that. Wow. It kills me, but I'm really wow. <laughs> I was going to say, well, that was, that was uneventful. Oh my God. I mean, I can see, I think if me I think, agreeing by the way, with you gives me actual physical pain. <laughs> I, by the way, I love, I, I think all four of these teams are tremendous and, and um, you know, very well, very well deserving. I could, I don't easily... like the Eagles team at all, by the way. I'm just going to say that I don't want them. I hate their style. Of play. I hate it. Oh, hate well, it. I think, I think they're really talented. I mean, yeah. I'm not I, saying that they're not. I just don't yeah. like the way they play football. I don't like, I, it. 
you know, I mean, the Bengals seem to have a thing against the Chiefs. Uh, they just seem to kind of have their number a little bit. I also think that the Bengals, as long just the way Burrow's carrying himself right now and the way they're rolling, they're yeah. just ascending at a very nice time. And I think the Eagles and the 49ers are top to bottom, just so stacked at every position. Really impressive from a talent evaluation standpoint. But, you know, I, I, I just think... I just like the 49ers this week. I don't know. Maybe it's my anti-Eagles bias. I, I'm not ruling that out, but I, I I really, really like the way the 49ers are playing right now. I'm not yeah, sure. They, he was they need to take the shackles game. off Brock Purdy because I saw the way they were using him against Dallas, and I was like, you know, you let this guy play through five weeks of the season, and he won all five games, and now you're going to put him under wraps? Because yeah. he's in the playoffs, I didn't like that. Well, um, I'll tell you this: I think it's exact. I think Brock Purdy is playing exact. I think <laughs> Brock Purdy is playing exactly the way Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyle Shanahan wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to play, yeah. which is basically Kyle Shanahan playing Madden on the sidelines and just pressing buttons on a controller and having <laughs> it. And Purdy is doing that to his credit. And I think they wouldn't have gone out after Trey Lance. And we don't know what Trey Lance is yet. It's too early to know. But they wouldn't have gone after and made that move if nope. Garoppolo would have just done that. But it just seemed like, you know, it just seemed like something that, you know, would make sense. But I don't know. I mean, again, I'm looking forward to it. I think the all four teams incredibly talented. Again, it'd be a fun weekend. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm just McCaffrey's a little disappointed we be, agreed so much. McCaffrey's okay. going to be the X factor this week. Yeah, he's a stud. So we're all in agreement of of the two teams then. Yeah, I like it. Which probably like means it. we'll be wrong on both. Which, which means course, it will be Chiefs Eagles, <laughs> of, of course. And it's it will be the apocalypse if I agree with Derek and we're both right. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You should Great agree show. with him more. What was that? You should agree with Derek more. I no, I, I would again, Steve. I would rather take my eye out. But we're going to end the show <laughs> on that note. <laughs> For Steve Balistrieri and Derek Havens, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com.